Hey, everybody. Hello. 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 Uh, hey, listen. So Jenny and I launched a little giveaway campaign last week where we asked you to share your stories of doing good for the community in these scary times. And the responses moved us so much that we decided to put a bonus episode into the main feed, something we don't do very often here, where we're going to read out a selection of the emails that we got from you all. One of the best parts about the work that we do here at Buffering is the community that we have all built together. Knowing that we all have each other and that we all have Buffy is a very bright light for us. It is. And we also want to let you know about a little grassroots give back campaign that we're starting here for our buffering community. Speaking of it, many of whom uh, are facing deepened financial need along with so many across the globe. Starting today, we are going to be raising funds in two ways and then redistributing those funds in small gifts via Cash App to those who request them. We have put up our Just Keep Fighting t-shirt in black for the first time and are selling it for 20 bucks on pre-order in our Hello Merch US store. All of the profits from that shirt will go into our buffering fund. Yes, and additionally, if you can give, but not enough to grab the shirt, or if you just wanna give without snagging the shirt, uh, you can send us funds, any amount you'd like, to our Cash App. Our username is Just Keep Fighting, all one word, and the scannable code is found at a new landing page, bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash fighting. Those funds will all go right back into the community. If you are someone who is in need of financial support right now, we will be sending Cash App gifts of between $25 and $100 over to those who request them, and you can find the form to make that request by going to the website Kristen just listed, bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash justkeepfighting. All of the information, including links to the Cash App, the new t-shirt, the form to let us know that you need some help, it's all on that landing page. We haven't ever done anything quite like this before, and we may not be able to fulfill all of the requests that come in, but we're going to do our best with what we've got. You, I want to just let you know on the form to request it, you don't have to tell us anything about why. Uh, you need what you need. You just tell us the amount you need. Um, we know, and it says this over on that form, we kind of know our community and we know that you're going to ask for help if you need it, um, and we don't need anything past that. Um, we love you. And we're about to share some beautiful emails with you, as well as a little update on what we're doing here uh, in L.A. <laughs> and New York. Uh, and we will be back in your feeds next week with Crush, which is very exciting. Yes, it is. Okay. Let's do it. Get your tissues if they're not sold out. <laughs> Welcome to a very special episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer, uh, renamed Buffering the We're Stuck in Our Homes with Microphones Slayer, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the protocol for uh, leaving your house to slay vampires? Is that permitted i think it's on the list in place yeah i do i think it's like you can go to the grocery store you can go to the pharmacy and you can, you go, can go to the cemetery to the cemetery yes yeah, so if you need to go to the cemetery to um slay demons that is also permitted by mayor yes. garcetti and uh <laughs> <laughs> governor thank you, cuomo thank you so much gentlemen um uh, so 
you know, this is this is kind of Jenny, this reminds me a bit of the position, although we were very new to buffering the vampire slayer back in the presidential election of 2016. It reminds me of that time when we didn't know what to do, but we knew that we could do something. And yeah. we've been sitting and, you know, going through, I'm sure, all of the same emotions that many of you have been going through, confusion, fear, anger, boredom, um, on repeat. <laughs> and um, it's just a really chaotic and scary and overwhelming time for um, our entire world. And so... Obviously, Buffering the Vampire Slayer is going to keep going at full clip because we have not lost the ability to record audio and we have not lost the ability to put that audio up for your ears. <laughs> so that's great news because we all need a little bit of like regularity in our lives, right? Um, yes. But we also have been sort of spending the time that we both have had in our homes wondering what else we can do. And that's why we're here with this special episode uh, Jenny, before we like go into the special episode, do you want to just talk about where you are, what you've been up to the last like week to week and a half of oh, all gosh. of this? Well, I moved on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're recording this on uh, on a Sunday, but it'll go up on a Wednesday. So you moved a week ago as of this recording. Right. And like, you know, a week and a half ago as of when this episode will go up. Sort of right when things in the United States were reaching critical mass, um, you know, before it was like everyone was locked down, but like right before California was locked yeah. down. Yeah. And I am so glad that I did it before uh -huh. uh, and didn't have to do it after. Uh, but I live in a, well, it's it's clearing up, but I've been living in a box maze for a little while. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it, kind um, of a, an ideal set of circumstances in that sense. Yeah. I mean, you had plenty to do <laughs> in your house. <laughs> yeah. Of of all the times to be trapped in my house, um, this is really <laughs> ideal. And the other major thing that's different for me uh, than it was like a week ago is that I have a puppy. You know, I've seen this puppy. His name is Frank. His name is Frank. His full name is Frank Castle. He's named after the Punisher. It's fine. <laughs> He's very small, Jenny. He's so small. <laughs> He's so small and dumb. He doesn't, I can't stress this enough. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> so All he knows is run around, flop on the floor, chew on the stuffed lion, eat hot chip and lie. So how little, they say. I mean, I've seen how little he is like in terms of a picture, but how little is he in, in like weeks, months? <laughs> he's 12 weeks old. Well, so he's like just a, he was born, he was born the day after Christmas. Oh, you know, my cat Gus was found in the garbage in, on Christmas day. So <laughs> <laughs> they're, um, you know, oh, sort of well, like spiritually oh, Gus, related. trash can Gus. <laughs> My cat, if you if you don't know, I mean, I just assume that if you listen to our podcast, you know a little bit about our lives. And if you don't know, I have uh, two cats, Sam and Gus. And Sam is is the older of the two. Um, but Gus now outweighs her by double. He's like 16 pounds to her eight. Oh, my God. He's such a um, <laughs> he's such a piece of carry on luggage. Well, his, his um, name when I adopted him was Meatloaf. And like, I have a little yeah. bit of regret because, you know, I mean, I love the name Gus and that's his name, but he also is quite literally. But a like, meatloaf. let's be real. Yeah. 
Oh, you know what's awesome? Um, so I'm living uh, next door to some cats, uh-huh. uh, a, a little squad of cats, and one of them is named Sam. Oh, that's very sweet. <laughs> I know. Your own little patrol cat. Yeah, exactly. So, oh my gosh, they totally patrol. They've got their perimeter thing down. It's a whole deal. <laughs> so I'm sure that uh, Frank is going to become more and more infatuated with that from inside Dude, of your yes. home. Yeah. So, okay. So you have, you've done a lot of major life changes in a time I'm of so tired. A pandemic. So congrats. Um, I've done some big life changes too. Um, not planned at all. I live now with my parents in upstate Hooray. New York and the cats are here with us. So that's it. I brought, um, let's see, a little over a week ago, I brought Sam and Gus, my cats, up to my parents' house. And this will sound hilarious now, but I brought them up here because I was going to go on a trip with my sister to Mexico, leaving on the 24th of March. (laughs) (laughs) You fool. Wow. That obviously is not happening. And sort of, you know, actually right around the time of your move, like it was sort of the same timeline where like by the time I got up here, I was like, should I go back? And by the time I was like, should I go back? I was like, I can't go back. And so I I went to the garage here at my parents' house and I found a, a sewing table that is functional as a desk. And I had I had luckily brought sort of like a lower quality mic than we usually use, but a mic nonetheless, and um, had my laptop and, and I set up my things. And I had, Jenny, I know you know some of this, but I had really nothing with me. I had packed for like two days. I didn't even have a coat. Dude. Uh, and so my sister who lives in Oregon, she shipped me like all of this clothing. I <laughs> ordered some stuff from Target. I like read directed my like vitamins and my like just my whole <laughs> life to upstate New York. So um, I've been here for um, almost a week. But as I think is the case for all of us, it just feels like this has been three years. Uh, so that's where that's where your hosts are right now in our respective lives. Yeah. Now, I've been filling my time when I haven't been unpacking and when I haven't been playing with Frank. Uh, I've been filling my time with Xena, Warrior Princess. Mm. What have you been filling your time with? Well, yesterday I watched um, Lord of the Rings. And by yesterday, I mean the whole day. It is three. And I watched one movie and it was three and a half hours long. (laughs) And when I got to the three and a half hour mark, it still had it was over. The movie was over, but it still had 27 minutes left. And I said to Joanna Robinson, I'll tell you why uh, in a second, if you don't already know. I said, Joanna, what is the rest of this movie? Why is there 27 minutes left? And she said, literally without batting an eye, without laughing, without anything. She was just like, oh, that's the credits. Stop it. Stop. Dude. The credits of this movie are 30 minutes. Okay. Um, but so <laughs> so if you don't know, um, Joanna and I had a conversation about the fact that I had never seen a single Star Wars movie in my life. This was several months ago. And that delighted many people, horrified and delighted many people. And so I told Joanna in a in some segments that, sh- that she put on her podcast, The Storm, I told her all about uh, what I thought would happen in Star Wars, which didn't delight me because I was being serious, but apparently was incredibly hilarious to everyone who knows Star Wars. So <laughs> uh, when we found ourselves um, quarantined, you know, uh, Jenny is in L.A. and I'm in uh, New York and Joanna is up in the Bay Area. Joanna was like, why don't 
don't we just run down some of the other things you haven't seen and like do a little podcast? So on our Patreon now, we have a special podcast called Feels Like the First Time. It's on Buffering's Patreon and it's on the Storm's Patreon. So if you're a patron of $2 or more on our Patreon, or if you're a patron at any level on the Storm's Patreon, you will be getting those episodes as they come out. And so I did some predictions about Lord of the Rings and I'm now in my viewing uh, and we do two oh episodes. God. Oh, One- so so you did predictions for the for all three yes. films at once. Yes. Okay. And my and predictions so how were like you know. I oh, think, you don't want to waste. Okay, I understand. No, no, you no. Keep I think it to the pod. I, I was gonna say I think that they were actually pretty pretty spot on. I mean, I, I my prediction was that the first movie would be that Frodo found out he was special, and that once mm-hmm. he found out he was special, he needed to find the rings, and then he went on a quest to find the rings, uh, and that was the whole first movie, and. I mean, you know, it was just one ring um, that he was dealing with and he had it and he had to get it somewhere else. But he did find out he was special and he did have a mission. So like all in all, I think I did pretty good with that prediction. Um, we'll see. Hey, that's great. Yeah, we'll see where um, I referred to uh, Gollum at, like because I, I don't know really much about the characters at all. I um, called Gandalf Dumbledore, which seems pretty on. I called yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, Frodo Harry, which also seems pretty on. And, and I referred sure. to... Um, uh, what's his face? My precious Gollum. Uh, yeah. I, I referred to him as a, a Dobby gone bad, which really tickled yes. Joanna. So, totally. yeah. Um, so, so we've done the Kristen prediction episode. You can hear it in the Patreon feed and uh, we will be doing the, oh, I've watched the movies now. How did my predictions go? And what do I think of the films next? And then Incredible. we'll be moving on to Indiana Jones, Jenny, which might be exciting. For oh you. my God. That's so great. You know, there's an Indiana Jones episode of Xeno War your princess like where indiana jones is in the same universe as Zena? i don't understand no you're just you're watching okay you're watching a show that that like when the opening credits happen they're like in a time of ancient gods warlords and kings a world in turmoil cried out for a hero she was xena a mighty princess forged in the heat of battle (laughs) the power the passion, the danger, her courage would change the world. Okay, so that's like the setup. Wow. You, that's the, the broad stroke. Thank you. Now, yeah, very you're broad. You're watching yeah. <laughs> Xena and Gabrielle, her traveling companion. In yes. Very lover, loose lover. air quotes. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're watching them travel through basically ancient Greece and parts adjacent. You know, ancient Greece. Uh-huh. Ancient Greece. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden... <laughs> In the middle of season two, I think, all of a sudden, an episode starts, and it's the 1940s, and Gabrielle is a Indiana Jones-type character with a whip and the hat and the leather jacket. Oh, my God. And Xena is a, like, fancy lady (laughs) who's an anthropologist. Oh, my God. So, and and Gabrielle's character, Janice Covington, I think... (laughs) has been searching for the fabled Xena scrolls for <laughs> many years. And um, Xena's character, whose name is Mel Pappas, uh, she is there because she like is an expert in some ancient languages and can translate the scrolls. And they're like hunting for these scrolls. And they find out that they are all descended. Like all of the main cast appear in other roles in this like 1940s little mini story. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. all direct descendants of 
the characters they play like in the main series. Oh, wow. This sounds like Which a- is not, which is cool, but it's, uh, so I w- I've been reading a lot. And as you may know, Xena is a spinoff of Hercules, the legendary journeys. <laughs> and uh, one thing that happens in a, like a later season of Hercules is they have an episode where, where cast members play people in the writer's room. Like they play like, like they're writing the show's creators and the people who write the episodes and stuff. Like they have an episode that just takes place in the writer's room (laughs) and it's like Kevin Sorbo and like the woman (laughs) who plays Callisto and all of these fucking people. Wow. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. Jenny, something fun about you is that when you get into something, you like really get into, I'm all in man. I'm up to my chin. You know what I mean? Um, okay. So that's some of what we've been doing, what we've been up to, and there's more, but like we're here for a very special purpose, which is um, for Jenny to do the intro to Xena Warrior Princess. So check, got of that course. one. Um, yeah. but, but then the other reason is that uh, about a week ago, we got an email from a listener named Emily, which is remarkable because we have two prominent Emilys already in our uh, listenership that we know. And this is a third, a whole new Emily has entered our orbit. Uh, Emily... Uh, an embarrassment of Emily's what you know like riches for Emily's yes yes we are not right we I get so we're not embarrassed of them we're just so lucky so let's read Jenny um let's read the email that Emily sent because it's kind of how we wound up here today in this special episode for you all um I'll start and we're going to split our read we're sharing oh before you start Mm -hmm. can I just say Find the helpers. I don't know if you could hear that. Oh my god! You said that's like a, a. Sorry, can you hear my stupid Glockenspiel? I can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So Emily wrote in and said, uh, "I am like yourselves, a huge Buffy fan, and I have been since my mid twenties. I was a late comer to the show and a late bloomer in other aspects of life, but the Buffy bug bit hard. And over the past ten years, I've been collecting dozens of books and other propaganda." Which brings me propaganda. I know. Which brings me to my point. I'll be moving from St. Louis to South Bend soon, and I'm donating slash giving away a butt ton of things. And I need my buff stuff to go to a good home. I'm hoping you can raffle it for a good cause or include it in a care package or something. I'm sure you'll think of something. Emily continues. Included is a framed mint condition copy of the first Buffy comic, a plush Mister Pointy. The gem of frickin' Amara. So all of the vampires <laughs> who listen to us, their ears are like pricked the hell up. Uh, G- Giles's green mug. Mm. Giles himself in the form of a Funko Pop figurine. A replica of Buffy's cross necklace that Angel gave her. And a zippered pouch featuring the bronze logo. So cool. If you accept my offer, I'll happily ship it anywhere. I'd love to know these items went to a good home and didn't just end up on a thrift store thrift store shelf gathering dust the Buffyverse has meant and continues to mean a lot to me and your podcast has brought thousands together whom the show has also touched in some way (laughs) so this (laughs) yeah so this was like really sweet and it came through sort of right as I got upstate and right as it seemed I would not be leaving upstate New York um and Normally, when we do giveaways, we'll do it, you know, like we did one for Time's Up and we did one um, for the Native American Rights Fund and we do them for these like, very specific organizations. But I got to talking with Jenny and I said, what if we just don't 
do it for any one thing? Like, what if we just ask people, our listenership, what they're doing? And all you have to do to enter the giveaway is send us an email over the next week. So that that was last week. And let us know what you've done to help in your community, whether you've donated money or time or love or all of the above, like just send us emails. And I didn't really think about how much I would need to cry over the next week before I asked for that. Um, We have almost 100 emails from you all. And right. And of course, we're going to be picking a handful of you to win some of those goods. But more so than that, somebody replied to um, one of our posts on social media and said, can you share some of the stories? And Normally, we might like, you know, pop it into Patreon or share it on a social post. But I just thought, you know, we're in a real particular time right now. And probably it would be great to have a podcast that you could listen to where it's just like this buffering community. These are all people from our community here hearing the things that across the globe we are doing because there's just so much negative, horrible, bad news out there. And like, it's just really empowering to look at the good and um, and find the helpers, which is what we called the whole campaign um, was find the helpers. So uh, Jenny and I are just going to go back and forth and we're going to read your emails. And um, I've taken all the names off because I, I know that some of them um, were wanting to be anonymous and some weren't. And I just figured, you know, we don't, we don't need to attach names to any of this. This is just like every person, you know? So, um, Jenny, uh, you want to, you want to jump in? Yes. (laughs) Are you going to, are you going to be all right? I don't know if you're going to be okay, honestly. I'm probably going to get pretty upset, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I just want to try one more thing really quick. Yes. Find the helpers. Okay, I feel like that was better than the Glockenspiel one. What do you think? <laughs> I'm in my totally disassembled like... studio surrounded by like nonsense instruments like kazoos say, and yeah. child Glockenspiels. It seems like you're like like a you know a cl- like the cl- a clown has like suspenders with like a horn and like a yeah know. yeah a slide whistle is in my pocket. I just need to dig it out. Um, yeah, let's get in. Let's get into sharing some of these. This is okay. So great. Yeah. So here is what you all have been doing over the last couple of weeks. Uh, hi, Kristen and Jenny. I wanted to thank you both for doing what you do to make social distancing and or quarantine a little less terrible. I've been, su- <laughs> I know, I've been supporting some of my queer and trans students as they try to figure out what to do when their dorms close, their service jobs end, and they can't go home or where home is a bad place to be. I'm a non-binary queer college professor, and I keep seeing how much, how many decisions are made about our students without taking their very particular needs into account. Ugh. Mm. This is so powerful, um, and I'm not going to like comment after each one of these, but uh, a friend of mine is a nurse, and she works currently um, with trans patients specifically. That's her, her day-to-day job, is she facilitates um, the conversation around health insurance and gender-affirming surgeries. And mm. it, it's so powerful to, for me to read this email and to know how many of you are out there who are like focusing on marginalized communities during this time. And I think there's another email somewhere in here where, where we'll talk about it again, but you know, she's been sort of grappling with as a nurse, do I like stop doing this work because I should go like to sort of to the front lines in hospital settings. And, um, at this point she's making the decision to stay with her work because they have shifted, of course, because, um, in New York elective surgeries, which this is with gender affirming surgery is considered elective are no more for the time being. And so they've shifted their whole model, um, to where her job is now supporting those patients and like figuring out if, you know, do they have, um, do they have the virus? Do they need support in the hospital? 
hospital. Like she's sort of their advocate, one of their advocates. And so I just think it's really, really remarkable for the people who are in these positions um, already who are sort of like uh, taking what they do and pivoting it to the current circumstances. Mm -hmm. It's still helping um, the people who often are overlooked and who, as you said, as this person who wrote in said, like whose needs, whose specific needs are overlooked. Um, so, <sighs> okay. Okay. <clears throat> Next up. I am a nurse and just like all other hospital employees, we're considered frontline workers. When I go into work every day, I feel like I am fighting in so many ways fighting to stay healthy so I can continue to help, fighting to assure my patients that they're going to be okay, and fighting just like we all have been. Ooh. Yeah. Um, next email. We're just going to go back and forth. So if you hear us reading, it, we're just on the next email. Um, I have been translating resources into Spanish for the Neighborhood Mutual Aid Network my friends mm. and others started. So impactful. I found and delivered a stash of alcohol swab pads to a friend of a friend who needed them for daily injections and is immunocompromised because she couldn't find any in the store. Yesterday, I went and bought groceries for another immunocompromised friend that, it, that also is a doctor and is pretty busy and hasn't had time to get groceries. Imagine being an immu immunocompromised oh doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, I mean, I can't imagine, I'm sure there's like a whole set of, you know, there has to be, there have to be parameters in that situation, which I couldn't even begin to imagine. Um, someone wrote in and I, I expanded out on this one. Um, the email that I wrote that I put down here is I bought a hundred dollar gift card from my favorite indie movie theater. Um, and then I sort of just like put bullets because so many, there were so many that were in this, in this vein, these like there were people who are attending online drag shows to support the drag community, burlesque shows supporting the burlesque community, um, people who are donating blood, which is like a massive yeah. thing right now, uh, people who are supporting artists on their Patreons, um, donating to local bookstores and um, Venmoing their friends, right, f just for help with mm -hmm. groceries. Um, these sort of one-off things that so many of you, you know, because you're all so damn sweet. So many of these emails started with like, I'm not sure if this is enough to enter the contest. A lot of you also wrote in saying, don't submit me for the giveaway. I just think this is oh. really nice. I know. I'm telling you, like <laughs> I had to, I had to take like many breaks when I was sorting through these emails because I just like couldn't um, in a good way, in the best way. It was just so overwhelming to see the good out there. Next up. I've yeah, been you'll like on this one, Jenny. <laughs> I've been checking in on friends every day, especially those that I know have anxiety and depression. I sent out I send out pictures of my cat. I'm calling it the daily crumb. <laughs> I also have a group chat where I've initiated daily challenges, creative things, live watches, et cetera, to keep us all feel connected and less alone. I would like to say that as a new puppy dad, uh, <laughs> I have also made a commitment to supply the internet with puppy content on a daily basis uh, for the sake of everyone's morale. The Daily Frank. So way to go. Way, yeah, the Daily Frank and the Daily Crumb, two uh, periodicals that are not in competition, but lovingly support one another. <laughs> Bipartisan, bipedicin uh, periodicals. Incredible. Um, I am a psychotherapist and I, and a volunteer EMT. I get up watching Buffy and she's inspired me in every way. By day, I help invisible kids feel seen at school. By night, I respond to people's calls for help. Tonight, I'll be out there listening with my gang of firefighter Scoobies, even though it's scary. I know I have the chills. Um, because as long as I'm able, I'll happily slay other demons and protect you. It's just like... 
I know. I'm like, I'm not going to stop after every email. And then I'm stopping after every email. It's just, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. very emotionally powerful yeah, to know that like, you know, in our day to day, we exist as this community and we support each other certainly. And like, I know there's so many like groups of you who have become friends and chosen family and what have you. But when it, we're in a crisis like this, it's just like, I just imagine us as this like little like group of amazing ants. I didn't, I didn't really think through the metaphor, but (laughs) you know, just like out there sort of like doing this lift on behalf of our communities, um, and connected by this thread of Buffy and, and buffering. And it it just is so moving to me, um, which I think to all of us. Yeah. Okay. Me and my host family have invited an old lady to stay with us as her memory is starting to slip and the house is quite big. So there's plenty of room for one more person who just needs some help with their everyday life. Um, working, I'm working to relieve the financial and emotional stress of my state. I work at the Department of Revenue. We've been working hard to release tax funds as quickly as possible and get money into the hands of the people who need it to survive the quarantine. Wow. Right? Every avenue, every, like, you want to talk about, like, heart, mind, spirit, hand. I don't remember all four things, but you know what I mean? This is what it is. Wallet. That's part of Captain Planet, right? Yes. Um, well, I wasn't doing Captain Planet. I was doing um, the enjoining spell. Oh, of course. <laughs> Wallet. Well, it's a, the uh, lesser known. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. I'm disabled and immunocompromised. So helping the community for me looks a bit different as I hunker down and stay away from germies. I just placed a 15 book volumes order from my local comic book store. Bonus, queer woman owned and operated. Mm -hmm. The comic shop is closing to the public for the time being, but doing curbside pickup and home deliveries. So rad. There's been so many incredible uh, tales out of Brooklyn that I've heard just from like my own community. I live right near a place called Butter and Scotch and they, in their normal open hours, are a place where you can get like sweets and cocktails. The cocktails are amazing. They're all like smash the patriarchy and feminism related. And um, before they closed their doors, they did cocktail to go pick up. So you could like buy kits basically to make, you know, 10 to 15 of their signature cocktails because they were trying to sell through their inventory. It was amazing. My oh neighbors my were like texting me, sending me pictures of like, we just bought this. It's like, you know, they'd get like four lemons and like a big plastic container of the mix and a bottle of tequila ah. or whatever. Um, so anyhow, it's been really, really cool to see how these inventive um, business owners and creative people are pivoting their work. Um, yeah. You know, I've been hearing I've been hearing a lot about New York bodegas doing a like will deliver a pitcher like a pitcher of margarita to you <laughs> uh and every every pitcher comes with a free roll of toilet paper yes, yes. actually um jen robichaud who you know jenny uh she lives in new jersey and she ordered a pizza that came with toilet paper <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, you know it's like just the, these fun silver linings of um the inventiveness creativity and resiliency of of human beings yeah. Um, okay. Uh, each of my sisters has two children aged five and under who can no longer go to school and daycare. So they have to work and be full-time moms. So my mom and I organized a long distance video chat story hour with each set of sister offspring to give the working moms a break during my at-home lunch. We're alternating families and I'm busting out some of my old favorite storybooks. It also gives my mom who is retired and stuck at home something to look oh. forward to. Oh, God. I know. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm part of a 12-step recovery community. And the primary way I have been trying to be helpful is walking people through how to attend meetings via Zoom and via phone. Virtual meetings are something I was already doing, but for many people, they are brand new and a little confusing. Yes. So important. That is amazing. Yes. Uh, this next one kind of like knocked me off my feet when I first read it. Um, uh, I've included this person's name because I had an exchange um, with them and, and was given permission. Uh, they write, my name is Catherine. I live in Seattle. I'm in a privileged enough position to be able to help others. The virus is affecting us at every turn, and those without a safety net are the ones in need of our help, if we can help. Last week, I started an Amazon wish list with various snacks and toiletries with the intention of making bags and distributing them to the homeless. My first goal was to aim for around 30 to 40 bags and then donate whatever surplus items to local shelters. Each bag, and this was at the time of writing, I've been in touch with Catherine and some of these items obviously are not, um, you're not able to get them anymore. But at the time of this writing, uh, Catherine wrote, each bag includes the following. Two kinds of granola bars, a cup of peanut butter, two bars of soap, one tube of shampoo, one bag of pretzel chips, one container of tuna salad and crackers, one toothbrush, one travel size toothpaste, one plastic fork, and one pack of tissues. I put the list on Facebook and everything was purchased in less than four hours. So I decided to increase my goal to 100 bags. I added more items to the list, double the amount as the first list. Everything was purchased within a day. I'm currently on my way home where I apparently have six to seven packages waiting for me. I constructed the first 20 or so bags last weekend, and Monday I went to the armory at the Seattle Center to distribute them. The armory is a center that has a big food court and various events for tourists. There's a community of homeless people who go there several times a day and live off of the food that tourists leave behind. It's a safe place for them. When I got to the armory after work on Monday, I found that they had finally closed it. I instead walked around Seattle Center giving out bags to anyone who looked like they needed one. Some asked for two, and I gladly complied. There's something that happens between two people when one unexpectedly gives the other something they need with no strings attached. We give each other a piece of our heart. <sighs> I almost didn't make it through that one, uh, even though I had read it already twice. Um, it's just, yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> you want to play your kazoo again? Get, get yourself back <laughs> no, up? No, no, no. I'm okay. Uh, for me, my fight is for my parents. Both are in the high-risk category, so keeping them home and safe is my mission. I'm incredibly lucky to be able to go on trips and deliver groceries and medications for them because I also work in the service industry and am essential. I do have to to work, so I'm at high risk of being a carrier of COVID-19. Due to this, I can't actually interact with my parents, I just drop off their groceries and talk on the phone. I'm now providing the same service to the other three people on our street who are in a similar situation to my parents and should stay home if they can. I love my neighbors and my family, and I'm, oh no. <laughs> <clears throat> and I'm glad I can be engaged and helping right now. <clears throat> yeah so and this like this is I mean I'm with my parents right now and I've just talked to so many people who are in similar positions where we're just like trying so hard to use the tools that we have to help them and um, it's really powerful friends of mine um, went and visited their parents in Brooklyn through the window um, you know like sort of walked over and visited through the screen to keep distance and um, it's also really really Oh, this next one also really got me because I know how many introverts are here listening. <laughs> um, this person wrote and said, as an introvert and someone who is overwhelmed by social interaction, as well as someone who's been diagnosed with social anxiety disorder, it's tough. 
Besides family and a few friends, I try to keep to myself because I'm so overwhelmed with the social interaction that comes with work and school. My downstairs neighbor is an elderly woman who watches movies a little loud, but is very sweet. We've only exchanged a few hellos now and then, but with what's going on now, all I could think about was if she was okay. It took me two days to get over the anxiety and gain the courage to knock on her door. She was good on food thanks to Meals on Wheels, but was in dire need of cat food for her two cats. I offered to venture out and grab her a huge bag. She was so appreciative and I think in shock by my offer. I can't tell you how good it felt to suck up my anxiety in the wild times we're living in and provide her with some help. Wow. I know. We obviously, we have, we have, you know, a handful more of these stories. Maybe, I have no idea. We've never done anything like this before. Maybe you've paused this episode like 12 times because it's too much to take in all at once. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I want, I do want to say that this is just a handful of, of what was so, so many. I just heard that our local animal shelter desperately needs foster homes since they need to close their doors and limit volunteers on the premises. So I'll be sending in an application for that. I've seen a lot of that too in my in my feeds and my like on Twitter and stuff. Um, I follow a, a writer, Sarah Benincasa, um, somebody that I that I've known for years, and I know that um, she's fostering a cat right now, and uh, people are sort of taking in animals mm. as well, which is really special. Uh, yeah, this um, this next person wrote in and said, uh, I've donated money to funds for trans and queer folks of color through India Moore's efforts. So I didn't know about this until this person wrote in and which I follow India Moore on Instagram, which is where a lot of this happened. Um, if you don't know who India Moore is, they are a non-binary person of color who, if you watched Pose, you know from Pose, um, just an all around badass, um, super incredibly powerful activist etc. And they on um, Instagram have been doing this uh, campaign through Cash App where they post their Cash App and you can sort of donate funds there or you can request funds there. Um, and they're prioritizing black trans women first um, and redistributing those funds to the community. So that's like amazing. And I hadn't seen it. So I, I wanted to include it here both because it was amazing and also because I think it's a really great place to go over to if you're looking for places to give. There's so many, right? There's so many ways to give back right now. But mm -hmm. I do think that this is a particularly um, incredible uh, effort by India Moore. So um, India yeah. Moore's Instagram, in, in case you don't know the spelling, it's I-N-D-Y-A-M-O-O-R-E, uh, India Moore. One of my neighbors and closest friends is essentially Superwoman. She is about to turn 94 and is a caregiver for her 95-year-old sister who has late-stage dementia. Her life was stressful enough before this crisis. I've been walking her dog, Chi-Chi, every day, <laughs> which is actually how we met three years ago, as well as ordering groceries and things online for her. The internet is a massive enigma to her. <laughs> the lady who usually cooks for them on the weekends is quarantining herself, so I will be picking up and delivering food to her this weekend. This next person writes in, uh, I'm a homeschooled high schooler, and a lot of the younger kids in my community don't have as much going on now, so since I'm a writer, I decided to teach a writing workshop for the 8 to 11-year-old homeschooled oh. kids. I know. Oh, no, God. I can't. This is like, forget it. I, You have the ability on your listening end to pause this, but Jenny and I are just barreling through. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. A lot. Um, actually, it looks like we just have um, one, one more left, uh, Jenny, and, and I've given this one to you to read. Uh, so good luck. Godspeed. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. All right. Here we go. I work as an inpatient nurse at a hospital. This week, I got to work one day, and one of my patients was in isolation. 
It wasn't a COVID-19 isolation. It was just a run-of-the-mill isolation that we see all the time for various mundane reasons. However, I do think that all this chaos was making many people more hesitant to go into their room than they might normally have been. This patient was not having a good time. They had physical and mental health problems going on that were making them feel crappy. They were trapped in a small, strange room with a closed door. I went in there and they listed off a number of problems, but here's the best part. They were problems I could fix. I turned down their thermostat, I got them some water and a Pepsi, got a diet order from the doctor so they could eat, moved the little trash can from the bathroom next to their bed so they could easily dispose of tissues, and taped down the IV tubing that was dangling and driving them crazy. None of those things required a degree or schooling, but I truly think they are some of the most important aspects of my job. Making people feel better is about so much more than medicine. If we've learned one thing from Dr. Cranks, it's definitely that. <laughs> And making people feel better is the best part of my job. Ah! When mm. I turned to leave the room, the patient said, almost as if talking to themselves, I just love it when I have a good nurse. I just about cried. Nothing feels better than pouring my sweat. Believe me, under that isolation gear, there was sweat. <laughs> Into making another person's existence a better one, even if just for that day or that hour. It's easy to get lost in the list of tasks I have to do at work, and moments like this one remind me why I do what I do. It can feel hopeless sometimes when there's chaos and badness in the world. I'm never going to fix everyone or make everyone feel better. But if I may quote Angel from an episode Angel on Top hasn't quite gotten to yet, if nothing we do matters, then all that matters is what we do. If there's no bigger meaning, then the smallest act of kindness is the greatest thing. Oh no! <laughs> in the world. <sighs> So we did it. <laughs> we did it. I um, ended with this one. I mean, there's just so much that all of you are doing, but I know that some people who are listening to this are the people on the front lines, truly. Um, you know, I feel like I would normally use that metaphorically, but I'm using it quite literally. And um, if you're listening to this and, you know, if, if you're an essential worker of, of any kind and you're out there um, helping people, you know, get their groceries, helping people, um, you know, get fill their prescriptions. Um, and especially if you are um, a doctor or a nurse um, in, in hospitals right now facing this crisis, I just, you know, there's nothing we can say to you except for thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and to just keep doing what we do, Jenny. And that's like, you know, so many of us feel... I think helpless sometimes like this, what are we going to do? How are we going to help? And um, mm -hmm. you and I have the fortune of like, we, we know that we can do this. We know that we can yeah. keep watching Buffy and we can keep talking to you about <laughs> Buffy and we can help, you know, help, uh, you know, bind our community together during this time. And we see through these emails that obviously you all also are making yourselves um, part of this and lifting other people even. And that's why I love this last email so much, even if that help is literally bringing this person who needed a Pepsi, a Pepsi, just like bringing some happiness, some levity, um, and, and some help to people who need help in all manner of ways. So yeah, you already know this about yourselves, but you are quite amazing. And, um, thank you for all that you are doing out there. And we're going to, you know, keep taking steps forward through this together. Um, yeah. Yeah, no. And with, with, of course, Sam and Gus and now Frank. What a collection of names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For pets. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> wow. Um, we love you. Jenny, do you want to say anything else? We'll be back next week with a new episode. Um, 
Yes. Oh my god, and it's crush. So that's exciting. That'll take your mind off. Something to look forward to. Take your minds off of some things for a minute. Um and I, I hope that you're staying safe out there in Los Angeles, Jenny. Uh, yes, and I, <laughs> I hope you're doing okay up in the mountains <laughs> of New York. I do. I do have the benefit of um, some beautifully serene walks out in nature, which is nice. Dude. I never get that, so I, I'm happy um, to have that fresh air. Uh, along, for, forgive me for. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, please go ahead. Forgive me for uh, explaining a meme to you, but uh-huh. <laughs> or describing a meme. Oh to God, you, great! Has but, it come to that? Okay, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, it really has. Um, <laughs> earlier today, I saw a meme that was like people all the time, and it's just like a picture of like a family in different parts of their living room, all looking at their like respective devices, uh-huh. and then it's like people on quarantine, and it's like a park scene, and there's just like people jogging <laughs> and walking their dogs and. Which I really feel like I've had to like, you know, drive around uh, a little bit over the last like few days. And I've just seen like so many people like parking, like pulling up to trailheads and like doing their thing. Oh, my God. It it really is so true. Oh, God. That's funny. Thank you for explaining a meme to me. Um, You did a great great job. You did a great job. Here we are at Buffering the Vampire Slayer to uh, make your memes analog once again. Yes. Um, all right, Jenny. Well, uh, hopefully all of you um, took something from this special episode. Uh, as you know, if you've been a listener uh, of ours for a while, we don't do we're, we're purists over here. We, it's, it takes a lot for us to uh, jump off a of format. So hopefully this was uh, helpful for all of you. I know it was really yeah. helpful for, for me and Jenny. I think you too. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Should we do we howl out? Uh, I think it would be, uh, appropriate. Great. You know, I'm ready. Howl and morale, as they say. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Oh, my God. Do you think that, do you, I'm sorry, but I just realized that you are now howling in a house with a dog in it. Like, do you think at any point Frank will begin to howl along? I hope so. A mission. I, will, I a promise. Mission. As yeah. as howls continue, I promise to keep you updated okay. if I happen to hear him howling from another <laughs> room. Okay, great. Okay, till next time. Uh, uh, stay safe. Wash your hands. Please.